capitalism could not survive in a culture dominated by mysticism and altruism. The world is changing. The age of the consumer is over. Stand up for freedom, no matter what the cost. It can help to save your soul and maybe your country. Do you understand the forces shaping events in the world around you? Do you want to know the answers or just the issues? Do you know the secrets of prosperity economics? Live from Salt Lake City and at FreeCapitalist.com across the nation, you're listening to the free capitalist himself, Rick Kerber. everybody formally to this episode of Free Capitalist Radio. You have to bear with us. We're still working through some technical difficulties uh, broadcasting here from Liberty Reef. Uh, we are going out now over 88.1 on the FM band from Liberty Reef Radio Network. We uh, welcome all of our listeners on the uh, radio band. We also welcome our listeners on Uber Conference who are participating via web and computer. Beautiful thing about modern technology is uh, no matter where you are, we can get the power brain on radio to you. And uh, so make sure uh, to invite your friends and tell them about Free Capitalist Radio, no matter where they're at. If they're not in the range of Liberty Reef Radio on FM 88.1, uh, there's no excuse they can't participate on Uber Conference or if they've got a, on Uber Conference or if they've got a mobile device on Periscope. You just have to have them follow at Free Capitalist and they'll get a notice every time we get on Periscope and get started. So for now, those are the three ways you can listen to Free Capitalist Radio live every night at 10 o'clock in Mountain Time. Now, if you're on Periscope, you got to keep those hearts coming. Keep your comments coming. That's the best way to give me feedback. If you're on Uber Conference and you've got a question, uh, the best way to do that is to type it into the right-hand menu. And I'll have Kimball watching that. And Kimball will tell you if you've got questions. Um, we may even be able to do call-ins. Uh, I'm not sure if we can do call-ins. We can try it. Um, but uh, we're still working on the technology. The best thing we've got going is we've got the show going. We're back up online. We've got a great audience. Had over a thousand listeners to our first episode last night, which sounds small compared to the million listeners Free Capitalist Radio used to have. But let me tell you, when we started Free Capitalist Radio, I'd be surprised if there were a thousand people listening ten years ago on episode one. And so uh, it, it's in your court, my friends. If you find this scintillating brain on radio, uh, you've got to help us build this. A lot of people ask me, what can we do to build the freedom movement? What do we have to do to be successful in this? And your first assignment from the free capitalist himself is get your friends, even your socialist friends, to get on here. We're doing it at 10 o'clock at night. Your kids should be in bed. You're at the end of the day. You're thinking about it. You're reflecting on what's happened in the day. You're familiar with the news stories, so you're ready. You're prepared. What better way to end your day than with some good brain medicine? It's like warm herbal tea for the soul, for the spirit, for the psyche, right? All right. Hey, Connie, welcome there on uh, uh, Periscope. We've got a great show tonight. I think some of you probably saw the little teaser we placed on Facebook. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, several news items, and we're also going to talk about um, kind of a continuation of the episode from yesterday, talking about how we can build the liberty movement and what we can do. Uh, we'll start off today by talking about some news items, particularly the story about universities like Vassar having staff members uh, uh, shredding the Constitution of the United States to 
make students feel better. And uh, we got into some interesting conversations online uh, uh, with that earlier. Some of you probably saw that. And by the way, that's another way for you to participate on the, the show every day is when we put out those teasers on Facebook and we tell you, hey, here's kind of the main theme of the show coming up. You know, you can engage in a conversation there. You can ask questions there and you can you can start that conversation that we continue here. And we will uh, be able to do uh, live call-ins and we'll try it tonight. Uh, but uh, here, if not tonight, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, the next day, in the very near future, our technology is, is gearing up quickly. Um, matter of fact, for those of you who missed the show last night or who would like a replay of the show last night, we are just crunching the uploaded YouTube version of the show and the iTunes podcast version of the show. And we'll have that published here uh, just as soon as we're done with the show. Uh, you know, without Israel, uh, we're a little uh, shorthanded. Remember back in the day, we had the very competent and capable Israel Curtis. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, some of you who've got good connections can persuade him a little bit, free capitalist style, to get back on board. We're in, we're in, we're in sore uh, need of a good audio fella. And uh, there's nobody better than Israel Curtis. But in the meantime, Kimball and I are uh, going to make it happen because we are producers of the First Order, which means if it's up to be... If it's going to be, it's up to me, right? And uh, there's no excuses. We're going to get it done. If you saw the technology we had going on here between this microphone, between our FM transmitter, between our Facebook going on, and our video production facility, and our Periscope going on, hey, even this very building that we're broadcasting from, the new Free Catalyst headquarters, we literally have built with these hands, my friends, because we're producers. Now, some of you have forgotten what it means to be a producer, and we're going to give you a little bit of a lesson every day here with some Brain on Radio. So in case you forgot, there's one requirement if you're going to be listening to Free Capitalist Radio, and you got to do it every day. It's time to wake up and turn your brain on, because we're going to talk about the principles of prosperity, prosperity economics, and the basic cause of liberty. And there is no better time than today to commit yourself to dive one step deeper, one hour longer, and one uh, big leap further intellectually into the cause of liberty. It is where happiness, peace, and prosperity are found, my friends. Now, I want to talk to you about this story. Just, you know, it hit the news today, and I, you know, some of you, you know, like me, kind of a news junkie, and we read, uh, oh, I want one more housekeeping item. You'll notice that today uh, it, it will be one more day without bumps. So, you know, hallelujah, no commercials, uh, because uh, the free cap was just paying for that time on the FM uh, bandwidth. Uh, but uh, probably starting tomorrow, you're going to have to put up with some bumpers because, you know, we want to make some money on Free Capitalist Radio. We don't want to be paying some money. And uh, by the way, if you want to advertise on Free Capitalist Radio, you better hit me up and give me a jingle because, uh, you know, we've got a very loyal network uh, uh, of listeners and liberty-minded friends. So if you're interested in advertising on Free Capitalist Radio, drop me an email and uh, or go to Facebook and drop me a Facebook message. But today will probably be uh, the, the last day of uh, bumper-free Free Capitalist Radio, unless we want to celebrate at some point uh, in the future. <laughs> so uh, uh, with that said, um, uh, oh, let me say one other thing about the bumpers. Um, on the YouTube version, you'll notice uh, that you're getting the full introduction and the full end. For those of you who are on Periscope and those of you on Uber Conference, I know the production values are a little low. Don't worry. We're going to get this all coordinated. You know, stick with capitalism. In the beginning, free markets are a little messy, right? Because individuals have to work out how they get things done. But in the end, they make things abundant, inexpensive, and prosperous. And that's what we're doing here with the ideas of freedom and liberty. So um, let me talk about a couple of things going on uh, in the world today. A couple of news stories I think capitalist-minded people ought to be paying attention to. The first one is this story about the Veritas group who... 
you know, these are the people, the O'Keefe fellow who, who, who did the Planned Parenthood videos, that did the Acorn videos, and he's now done uh, some videos that he released today where they sent in reporters disguised as students at these really, you know, expensive uh, colleges and universities where they have this diversity mindset. You know, because in the progressive America, uh, where where we all respect each other and 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 we 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 want to value diverse points of view, want to make sure nobody gets hurt, right? Make sure there are safe places. Now we're going to talk about at some other time whether it's possible to ever have an intellectually safe. The enemy of freedom is intellectual safety. Okay, there is no such thing in the cause of liberty as intellectual safety. It's physical safety, but they get it wrong. They use physical force to enforce intellectual safety. It is a bait and switch, my friends. So when you hear people talking about uh, diversity and tolerance, okay, that should cause a little switch on the side of your head to wake up and turn your brain on. Just push it and, and, and recognize it's a bait and switch. Instead of protecting okay, you and everybody else from physical force and coercion, what they're doing is they're exerting physical force and coercion to protect so-called you from you know mental pain and anguish. Because, because the idea that we should all have free expression in the world of quote-unquote diversity, stops when that free expression causes you to have hurt feelings. Let me just tell you, Free Capitalist Radio, for as long as we have breath in these lungs, is going to be rattling even the cages of our friends, because freedom means thinking. Freedom means taking ownership for the ideas that motivate you. Freedom means looking around the world and deciding you're going to conquer, you're going to advance, you're going to progress, you're going to help, you're going to create value. And that starts here. And then it connects here. And the capitalists are the thinking, loving people in mankind. The socialists are the deceivers who talk about diversity, who talk about equality, but the very means that they pursue are the devilish means of force and destruction. So you got this counselor at Vassar, and uh, he got a nice uh, girl comes up to her and says, well, these people were at our campus, and they were passing out copies of the Constitution. And that's such a hateful document. Uh, it causes me to feel violated. And she brings in, you know, this handbook, this pocketbook copy of the Constitution. And this staff member at Vassar College, and, and they actually did it at several other uh, universities as well, uh, this staff member listens very empathetically, you know, like, oh, yes, I'm so sorry. We want everyone to be safe. We certainly don't want any ideas to cause you any harm. And this woman starts talking about how, you know, they need to do something and, and they, they brainstorm about what are they going to do. And, and the girl says, well, could we shred it? And the gal's like, yeah, 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 that's a good idea. And, and the last of the video shows them, they go over to the, to the shredder and they're tearing out page by page by page of the Constitution and shredding it, you know, so that this woman can have what they call this kind of cathartic uh, rehabilitation or recovery from the violence of the Constitution, of being exposed to the Constitution. That is the dumbest thing, and everybody with a brain knows it's dumb. These people involved know it's dumb, but there's a deeper agenda going on. Now, I have to tell you, I, I showed this to Jewel, and I had her watch the video, and she started laughing, saying, you know, is this a joke? Well, 
It is a joke, but it actually really was an undercover sting uh, because it was trying to expose this nonsense agenda going on at colleges and universities. And and it's in the news because they want you to get mad and they want you to get upset because the Constitution's being ripped up. But it's for reasons you might not think. And since you all are turning your brain on here, we're going to talk about the next level, the second line, right? I know some of you might be upset that the Constitution is being torn and shredded, but that's actually not the problem, right? There's a fellow on Facebook who said to me, oh, you know, if you love the Constitution, you'll recognize that, you know, people have the right to shred the Constitution, you know, the copies of the Constitution. And, and I, and I it, it took a little bit of restraint, I have to admit, took a little bit of restraint not to just open up a can of, you know, mental whoop-ass on this guy. Oh, sorry, I didn't say that. Mental, mental, uh, uh, you're on the air. You're yeah, on the air. Sorry. Right? Yeah, sorry. Forget I am broadcasting. We do have to worry about uh, the government censors on the, uh, you know, Vietnamese you side of the border. You don't want them to get you on this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Can you not say whoop-ass on, on federal airways? I, I don't know. Is Well, anyways, we'll have to open up a can of something on these people, but I, I restrained myself. I didn't do it, so that's okay. And uh, what I said was, look, like, I understand, and I might agree with you, that people may have the right to tear up or shred copies of the United States Constitution, you know, especially if it was their own property. That's not the point, right? We, You can tell we live in a tyrannical day and age in our society when every conversation immediately dives down to, do you have a right? Do you have a right? Do you have a right? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Brad. Uh, damn those FCC regulations anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> I think you could say damn, like, you know, damn it up, like, you know, the river. Now stop it. Hold them up. Yeah, right. That's right. what you mean. Stop, stop I mean. the stop FCC it. regulations. That's what whoop ass means, too. It's like whooping your donkey. Yeah, that's right. Whooping your donkey. Right. <laughs> Wait, that looks like a bad dance. Uh, okay, stop. Stop. See, that, there's a problem. Back in the day, there was no video with Free Capitalist Radio, so. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know that I want to see you. I don't know. You know, I might have been doing that before. Uh, uh, don't get all Cohen versus California on us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you be careful. You be careful. Now, here's the point. You know, believe it or not, in a civilized society, the first question isn't, do you have a right to do it? Meaning, there are all kinds of things you have the right to do that aren't great ideas, that aren't socially acceptable, that shouldn't be socially acceptable, that aren't civil. And, and you know, just because you have the right to do them, I also have the right to express my opinion about you doing them. That's when we actually engage in discussion. So I said to this friend, I said, okay, freedom-loving friend, I'm engaging in the discussion. You had the right to initiate the discussion by tearing up the Constitution. And I'm not mad at you for tearing up the Constitution. I don't care. I mean, you don't know the Constitution anyway. You might as well tear it up. You don't ever read it or study it. So, you know, you're not hurting my feelings at all, you imbecile. But, um, I mean, not you, but your brother. <laughs> but what, what good is it, you know? It reminds me, i got to take a little segue. It reminds me, I, got, I used to teach Sunday school. And I got in a little trouble one time. And a few of you know this story. And... <laughs> Well, you know, I debate whether to take this segue here or not. But so I was teaching Sunday school, and there was a girl in this class. This is back when I was single. And there was a girl in the class I was very interested in, in asking out. See, and so I was trying to teach all intelligent, you know, and I'm I'm going and I'm getting real passionate. You can imagine free capital Sunday school, right? And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm being impressive in all this. And there's this cowboy who comes into the classroom, and uh, he's trying to out-cowboy me a little bit. And uh, he's being real hard-headed. You can't do that, by the way. You can't. Well, that's not true. Out here at Liberty Reef, I've met a few men 
who have out-cowboyed the free capitalists. But I'm working on that. There are not many people that can out-cowboy the free capitalists. There are a few. Uh, uh, that's another story for another day. But um, he was trying to out-cowboy me, and he's being real stubborn. And I was asking each member of the class to go through and read this particular verse of Scripture. And we got to this fellow, and he read this verse of Scripture, and he says, but I disagree with that. And I thought, well, hmm, maybe I didn't make myself agree with the free capitalists. Yeah, well, no, but see, that's what I thought. No, no, no. Well, you might disagree with me, but certainly you're not disagreeing with the scripture, right? I mean, I mean, you have the right to disagree with the scripture, but you know, in Sunday school class, that's probably not the best forum to announce your disagreement with the scripture. But nevertheless, you have the right to do it. And so, I wanted to make clear that he was probably just disagreeing with me. And I said, okay, well, you might disagree with me, but here, let's read this other scripture. So I had him read this other scripture. And uh, he read it, and he goes, and I disagree with that too. And I said, well, so you're telling me you don't disagree with me, you disagree with what's written in the book. And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, but do you believe that book to be the Word of God? He said, yes. I said, do you believe it's true? He said, yeah. And I walked over, I grabbed his, it was a, a missionary version of the Book of Mormon, you know, the blue one, you know, $2. And I violated principle <laughs> here, I admit it. And I grabbed the book out of his hand, I was so upset, because he was ruining my mojo, you know. And I took that page and I tore it out of the scripture and I threw it in the garbage. And, you know, this whole class of young single adults was waiting for me to get struck by lightning, you know. And I threw it in the garbage and I handed it back to him and he was kind of, you know, still faced. And he says, what'd you do that for? I said, well, now? You can still say you believe that book is true with integrity. Uh, because, you know, I got rid of the parts you disagree with. Well, anyway, I don't know that I made a great impression on anybody except for myself in that day. And uh, so I went on to the next uh, meeting, to priesthood meeting, and I'm sitting there minding my own business trying to pretend innocently like nothing had happened. And next thing you know, I see this face peeking through the window, pointing. Come here, and I had to go down to the principal's office. The bishop's, the bishop's office, office. and uh, had a fun conversation with the bishop and his counselors who asked me to replay the story blow by blow. And I have to admit, uh, they were a lot more loving and kind uh, as they laughed and humored me. And they said, oh, yeah, we know brother so-and-so. Boy, did you really grab his Book of Mormon and, and tear out the page? And then one counselor says, I think you probably owe him an apology and you probably ought to re replace his Book of Mormon. I said, what for? He doesn't believe it anyway. <laughs> and I said, all right, I'll go do that. And, and then they said, now, we're going to ask you to not teach for a couple of weeks. And, and please don't ever tear up scriptures in Sunday school again. <laughs> and why do I tell you that? Because, um, I don't know, it was a good story. Um, but the point is, it's not the things on the paper. It's not the paper itself that's the value. It's the truth that they that they speak. It's the communication. It's the message, right? And so, you know, burning up the Constitution or, or ripping it up or shredding it or whatever, it doesn't do any damage to the meaning or the truth of it. It's a symbolic expression of speech. And certainly, uh, as long as it's your property, you have the right to do that. But But here was the point of the story. The point of the story was the justification for why they were doing something that would normally be seen as, you know, pretty unprofessional in the education world. Tearing up burning books, tearing yeah. up documents. I mean, you're not tearing up the constitution of, you know, the state of Libya, which I would guess would probably be pretty offensive to some people. Um, and so the point is the context. And this is this. We live in a world where everybody's a context dropper. And, uh, you know, statistically speaking, and they're all brain off. And the way they make points and win arguments is they talk about things out of context. And I said to my friend, I said, it's the context that matters. First and foremost, it's the justification that somehow the, the implied argument is we should tear up the words that hurt us. Now think about that. We should tear up and prohibit 
basically. Right. The words. Those words can't exist in our space because of your feelings. Right? See, that's a flawed idea that in a free society, we're all free to have our ideas and our feelings not injured. And, and, and the reason it's important is because you, even my friends out there, you've been trained, taught, and educated that you have a right not to have your feelings hurt, and that's not true. Right. Not even in loving relationships. Sometimes the most loving and committed relationship is the relationship where you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough, and somebody else is allowing themselves to be vulnerable enough to hurt each other's feelings, not maliciously. Right? That's not a loving relationship. Not because you're mad or because your feelings are hurt or because you're lashing out. But sometimes the speaking of truth hurts feelings. And it should. And if we're going to be a free society, we've got to be able to engage in very passionate conversation and admit when, boy, that causes me to really think through this issue. Matter of fact, another little quick story. I had a debate, small debate, online with a friend today. Um, and I was talking about a real tragic uh, experience. Uh, today, our good friend, uh, Gabriel Joseph, um, his trial ended. And uh, he was convicted on all five counts that he was charged with. Now, what the news won't tell you is that he was charged with many, many, many other counts that he got dismissed and, and beat long before the government got to this point. But nevertheless, a jury of his peers convicted him. Very tragic experience for a dear friend. And... Uh, I'm not going to to go into my Tom Harvey tirade again, except for to say that he's a lousy, anti-intellectual, non-truth teller, non-good journalist who uh, is going to have to answer in a court of law for the damage, the unjust damage that he and his newspaper do. But leaving all that aside, did I say I wasn't going to say anything about it? Um, <laughs> I didn't hear. What he won't tell you, but he's gloating in this in this tragic uh, situation that uh, Gabriel was found guilty. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, you know, half of me wants to stop. I don't want to do the radio show tonight. I know we just relaunched it. Uh, I just, I want to go away and feel sad for my friend because it's tragic. And, and the consequences, what's already been, what's already happened is tragic and and what has happened now and what will unfold is just difficult, 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 difficult. And half of me just wants to go be sad. And the other half of me gets so worked up that I want to wage war, to quote my friend Sean Whalen. I want to wage war. And there's those two sides of me. And, and what you have to realize is in 2015, there is no path of quietness if you want to be free, if you want to stand up for liberty. And the best way to honor my friend Gabriel is to realize he has paid a price for freedom. And and contrary to what Tom Harvey says, and sadly, I, 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 I wasn't there in the courtroom, and that's a long story, um, the arguments that, that were presented to the jury, uh, I, I don't love those arguments, but leaving all that aside, there's a reason Gabriel was singled out. We found in the court documents in my case that, that there were hundreds of people involved in real estate transactions that the government could go after. There are all kinds of people who are not criminals that broke federal law um, in, in getting loans and still do to this day that don't know it. Matter of fact, I have a friend named uh, uh, 
Well, I won't mention his name because I don't have permission. But I have a friend not related to me and not part of my business or anything, but someone who I've worked with an attorney to help who's recently been charged with uh, multiple felonies and financial transactions where everybody made money and everybody was paid as agreed, but he pissed some people off in the government who had connections with prosecutors and away they come. And what you don't realize is, you know, obeying the law is impossible in many instances in the white-collar world. So anyway, uh, with all that said... Um, the reason Gabriel was singled out and what we found and what the government's documents say is the reason he was singled out among all the many people associated with me. Remember, the government was coming after me. And um, there's a reason the government came after Gabe. At first, it was because they thought maybe Gabe, you know, would testify against me by making up some garbage. I mean, I think, you know, in the beginning, maybe they thought there was some truth to their allegations. But by the end, they knew there was no truth to these ridiculous allegations. But they just kept putting pressure on him, pressure on him, pressure on him. And when he wouldn't lie, they ratcheted up the charges. And, and if you want to understand the truth, and I'm just telling you the truth, in the government's memos, I can show these to you. Maybe we'll put those up on freecapitalist.com sometime. They did it as part of a strategy to align the public opinion against me because Gabriel was the, the a personality on free capitalist radio. Right. And their goal, their stated goal in the government planning strategy memorandum back when it was just the state of Utah, their goal was to put free capitalist radio off the air. And I mean, you can't, it was, it was, is, do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand? This is not some textbook. This is not some, you know, person in Washington, D.C. These were petty bureaucrats in the Rocky Mountain West who got ticked off at us because of our political agenda. And then they went out and looked for a way to use the law to stop us and to accuse us of crimes that they had no evidence of. And, uh, and this is the result. So in, 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 regardless of the specific details, in a very real sense, the reason Gabriel Joseph is paying this severe price is because he stood up for freedom and added his voice to the cause of freedom. And um, the best way you can honor that is to not be a coward yourself. Because the more of us that stand up, the more of us who look these unprincipled, and in many cases wicked men and women in the face, and say, that is enough, Okay, we won't all get to win. You know, It reminds me of what Ben Carson said about that shooting tragedy um, not long ago. Uh, where, you know, the shooter walks into the classroom and, right. you know, these schools have been teaching everybody kind of huddled together in a bunch and, you know, hope they don't get shot or hide under desks. And ben Carson says something that I, I think I had told you, you the exact same thing right, right before, before the news came out. I said, man, and there, no disrespect intended. And who knows what you would do in, in, in the in the fog of war, so to speak, in that tragedy. But I said, I would like to think that I'm the kind of person that would have looked around like the people on that flight that crashed in Pennsylvania and said, let's roll and say, hey, you, me, let's go get that sucker. Because if, if a few of us rush him, he might shoot us, but nobody else is going to die. We're not going to just sit here and take it. And that's how the freedom movement is. If you think, if you give in to that little you, that side of you that says, I just want to go be sad. Or even worse, I just want to go try to make my little money and try to play my little golf and have my little sports car and, and have my nice little house so I can walk around in my nice little clothes and have my membership at the country club to hell with you. You're not a capitalist. You're not an entrepreneur. You're, you're nothing. You're nothing. You are a, a gang member of the moochers and looters who, who want to quietly pretend like you're not as dirty as them because you didn't do the prosecution, because you didn't do the persecution. We live in 2015, and the time has come, my friends. And, and if you never hear it from anyone else, let me say it to you. The time has come for each man and woman 
to decide whether they're going to stand up. There's no other way around. So you go back to this story at Vassar. That's the problem. That's the context. They're trying to make it so the words I'm speaking and the words you're speaking, because they cause people to feel consternation and feel bad, which is, by the way, how change happens. It's how nonviolent revolution happens. It's how peaceful transformation and progress happens. They want to make that illegal because they control the force. Now, I don't mean the force like Star Wars. I mean the guns. <laughs> And what they do is if you violate those codes, these, you know, hate speech codes and, and all this nonsense, if you violate that, they call campus security and come grab you by the throat and put you in some place where you don't want to be by force. And that's what's happening. That's what's wrong with it. And they're using force as a demonstration by ripping up the Constitution. Now, that's the first problem. Second problem is, you know, I think a lot of parents who are borrowing twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year to send their kids to schools like these schools, some of them have the best reputations, oddly, in the country. I think parents should know about that. And, and let me just say it to you, stop it especially those of you who are my age or older who have college-age children. It is not a virtue to borrow twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to send your kid to a school that's going to rip up the Constitution and make sure their feelings aren't hurt. And that's another context. Whether they had the right to do it or not, it's an asinine, imbecilic, nonsensical idea that should not be subsidized by liberty-loving people. To quote the song from Jewel, not my Jewel, but the Jewel, the singer, don't lend your strength to that which you seek to be free from. So another reason to get this story out is to stop supporting these financial you know, tuition payments to these institutions. And then the last reason it's important is most of these outdated behemoth elephant organizations called universities um, are government-subsidized uh, uh, ripe monsters. And, and, but for government guaranteed student loans, they wouldn't exist. So the asinine imbecile Bernie Sanders, who wants to give you more student loans and lower interest rates, even free tuition. Think about this, you guys. Use your brain for a minute. I, I know you need more education. That's why you want Bernie to give you free student loans. I mean, secretly, not you, but your sister. Um, think about this. As soon as you say free tuition, you say no competition for dollars by the schools, and you allow these numbskulls who run schools like Vassar to continue to do these nonsensical things, to teach not the truth, to lead not in the right way, to destroy Western civilization and American society. Free tuition, you, you think about the student, oh, that'd be so great. But free tuition doesn't mean free tuition. What it means is no competition in education. You get more behemoth institutions that don't have to compete for dollars. They just get federal dollars. There's always another side to the socialist ploy. If you want to figure out how to beat a socialist in an argument, don't take the bait and argue about the ends. I want free tuition too. I want free tuition. Capitalists are the only hope for free tuition. Matter of fact, I've given more free tuition, to paraphrase Brigham Young, and to speak in actuality, I've given more free tuition to students at all levels than anybody I know. I gave free tuition to hundreds of students for private school as a capitalist. And you see, capitalists put their resources where it makes the most sense, and it's the capitalists spending their own resources, true capitalists. So that's why that story piqued my curiosity and interest, and that's the, the debate some of you 
might want to have on the internet with your friends uh, and why tearing up the constitution by itself yes you might have the right to do it but you also you also have the the moral obligation to be responsible for your your arguments and your advocacy in society and there's a more sinister plot right um the the goal is to silence the spreading of ideas in academic institutions like these because they want to pigeonhole people like me and people like you and call us radicals and call us crazies and call us terrorists. Well, how am I a terrorist? Well, because your words hurt me. Well, my friends, I know it's dangerous to say this, but I hope to heck my words do hurt you sometimes. And especially your sister and your brother-in-law and your neighbor and your dad. Right? Because it's through that pain that your ideas might get rearranged. And someday you might send me a Christmas card. I want to uh, send, send a, a shout out to my friend uh, on Facebook uh, who sent me a message, uh, Mr. Roberts, uh, Tracy Roberts. He sent me a message. He said, Rick, when I first met you, first started listening to Free Capitalist Radio, I was a slave, but I am now free. Thank you. And, uh, you know, there are times when when you get out of the rat race because your brain is turned on and you've been associating with like-minded people, or to quote Brandon from last night, with right-minded people, not left or right, but correct-minded people, um, you'll thank me for rattling your cage a little bit. I remember Jewel saying to me uh, right after a Free Capitalist Radio episode, not long after we first started Free Capitalist Radio, she sent me this letter telling me how her feelings and judgments had gotten offended, and, and she was kind of taking me to task, and you know, we engaged in a great debate on Free Capitalist Radio, and, and that debate has borne fruit in a very little in a very literal Quite sense. Literally. That's right. By the way, for the record, uh, we're still wondering who won that debate. Uh, I'm not. You know, someone won, and the fruit is good, but but we still need to figure out who won that. I think I think obvious, obviously. I mean, I'm the free capitalist, and I'm still on the air, and she's not writing me letters anymore. So I think I won the debate. Is she she on there. <laughs> uh, so at least on, uh, I don't know. Are you guys getting disconnected from Periscope? I see people coming on and off. Are you guys getting disconnected sometimes? Remember, give me some hearts. The hearts help make it popular. Matter of fact, our Dr. Patterson up in Idaho, Baden, shout out to you. He was telling me that he gets Periscope. A wife is always right. Oh, Brad, you know, Jewel, that's no fair. Uh, but uh, sometimes it's worth um, adopting that strategy. Uh, but anyway, uh, what is it? Oh, oh, well, there's a Periscope app on the new Apple TV. And uh, we want to keep uh, getting those hearts up so we can be featured, get more listeners, and get more people turning their brain on every night at 10 o'clock. So uh, also, don't forget, swipe up, invite friends, use the Periscope app, get them to join us here. Get them to follow at Free Capitalist on Periscope. Now, that's just one news story. There's another news story from here in Utah uh, that's really relevant, uh, and that is a federal judge uh, just uh, uh, really delivered a, a significant blow to this Count My Vote campaign where uh, the Republican legislature here compromised with an initiative campaign led by a bunch of establishment Republicans to um, try to get rid of the caucus system uh, here in Utah. And uh, if you don't know about the caucus system, it's it's one of the closest surviving uh, frameworks that uh, is similar to Jefferson's ward system, which is the real path forward to liberty that uh, still survives in the United States, and and uh, the enemies of freedom are trying to gut it. Some of them naively, some of them 
quite diabolically. And uh, my good friend and my attorney, Marcus Mumford, was leading the fight in federal court. And uh, the judge just today uh, delivered a, a very significant blow to that law. And uh, boy, the liberals and the, the numbskulls and the deceivers are, are going to work with their PR spin, talking about how it's okay, it's okay, we didn't lose, we really won, we didn't lose, we really won. Uh, when you think through the implications of this decision, you'll see it's a great victory for freedom today here in Utah on the Count My Vote legal case. So shout out to Marcus Mumford uh, and a little free advertising for him. If you ever get your butt in a sling and you need some legal advice, uh, Marcus Mumford in Salt Lake City be a great place uh, to turn. Um, all right, so um, let's see, where are we at uh, with time? We see without bumper music, I don't even know where we're at with time. Okay, 10.39. Let's take a look. We got any comments on Uber Conference or uh, messages? You guys are all just, uh, you know, happy to listen. Is that the case? Let's see. Just enjoy it. All right. Oh, look, I feel the love. You guys are just, you know, are you going to sleep? What are you guys laying in bed? Letting Free Campus Radio be your bedtime music? <laughs> well, let's talk about, um, thinking about doing one other news story, but, uh, ooh, Brad, he said, yep. Well, I'm going to start waking you up. Yeah. It, Free Campus Radio is supposed to wake you up, brother. Yeah, wake up. And turn your w wake up, Bradley. Wake up. Matter of fact, we've got to do a little com conversating, my friend. We need to do a little conversation. By the way, by the way, did you know the story about the fella who developed and implemented and marketed the five-hour energy drink? Uh, Billions and change. Woo, 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 woo. I've officially moved on from Red Bull to the five-hour energy drink. Man, oh, man. If you, that's a, we'll talk more about that. Hey, uh, somebody asked me if I was still doing real estate. Not only am I still doing real estate. We're going to do the whole, here's the truth the government doesn't want you to know about how to use real estate to start liberating yourself financially. And so if you're interested in the real estate training, let me just tell you, we got it for you. And uh, you better get in contact with us. And uh, uh, I'll show you how to, how to use that thing. And, you know, you don't want to brand yourself as a student of the free capitalist, but you should be a student of the free capitalist and go out and and use that training to get yourself free. You see, because you have to understand, there's a whole segment of the ruling class that doesn't like and is skeptical of anyone who talks about freedom. Because they like freedom so long as you'll admit you get it from them. As soon as you start to investigate that you can be free Hear what I'm saying. As soon as you start to investigate that you can be free rather than pander for freedom from them, you become a threat to that system. I was watching uh, Garrett Gunderson in his recent interview with Robert Kiyosaki, and I found that quite interesting. Congrats to my friend Garrett, by the way, for, for uh, securing that opportunity to do that interview. And I thought it was very interesting in that interview how they, they made something, they made an interesting comment. They said, um, they were talking about how, hey, we don't want to work with you if you're poor or if you want to be middle class. That doesn't work for us. They say, you should go follow Susie's advice, Susie Orman, <laughs> or you should go follow Dave's advice, you know, eat beans, right? Beans uh, and rice, be rice and beans. Beans and rice, rice and beans. And, uh, you know, go put your credit cards uh, up on um, 
your freezer in a block of ice. Because if you want that kind of life, that's good advice. But there is a life outside of scarcity. There is a life that I call the life of liberty. And if you want that life, you are breaking with the established order. If you want that kind of life, you are a threat to the established order. And and if you want to stand up for freedom, my friends, you have to own that that's a threat to the established order. All right, how many families are at Liberty Reef being brain on? Well, good question. Good question. <laughs> how many families are here or how many families are being brain on? <laughs> we'll talk specifically about Liberty Reef and Marie uh, uh, privately off channel. But uh, if you want to consider coming to Liberty Reef, it's a good consideration. But let me tell you, it is not easy up here. Because standing up for freedom is not easy. Uh, but boy, it is good. And I, 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 said, to, I said to you, Kimball, uh, was it this morning? I said, you know, I, I was listening to last night's broadcast. And I said, I, I forgot. There is something easy about being up here at Liberty Reef. Breathing. Yeah. The air and the quiet. You when can, we got done with the radio show last night, think. and I walked outside, and the sky was midnight black. You know, midnight blue. And, and the stars were, were just vibrant. And the air was still. And as I breathed in, it was as if I was breathing in freedom. And I know that there are secluded places like that all over this great land. But they are not uh, many. And I'm very grateful to be here. Hope some of you will come and, and consider uh, visiting with us in Liberty Reef. Now, um, so before you move on, I, I had a thought as you were going through that. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear Kimball, but uh, talk louder if... if, if so you were mentioning that uh, you become a threat to them when you become free. Yeah. And I would also add to that and, and make it very clear, your message from 10 years ago is still rings true. You have to be free in order to be a threat. It's not just that you get to be a threat and they are scared of you, but they're not going to be scared of you. Well, that's if true. You know, you know, there are a lot of people who disagree with the things we say because they look at their life experience and they say that doesn't match. And I say, well, because you've amounted to nothing in the cause of freedom. You're not free. And until you get free, right. yeah, they're your best friends. Right. You know, uh, the, the truth sets you free, but it also puts you in a position of great stewardship because being free is not easy. And the truth is not easy. The other thing is you can't be free if you're destitute, okay? If you're in physical destitute, destitution, destitution. If, if, if you can't feed yourself, if you can't clothe yourself, you're not free. And quit kidding yourself. Freedom takes work. Freedom takes production. Freedom takes a willingness to fight. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got into this conversation with a friend of mine with this debate online. And I said, sometimes ideas are uncomfortable. And I said to him, he, he said, How's, which side did you choose? He said, so are you going to go away and be quiet or are you going to wage war? I said, I'm going to wage war. And I said, there's a problem, however, with waging war. And I'll just be real personal with you. My heart does not enjoy what that means. But, you know, I take no pleasure in labeling people like Francine Gianni with the truth. I take no pleasure in looking at Wayne Klein and seeing, you know, Gollum in, in living form. I, I mean, it's fun to pick on him and it kind of distracts from, from the real sadness because I know what they do to people like me and you and to people like Gabe. I know I've worked now in the legal community long enough 
I see the lives that they hurt and, and the, the, the dreams that they damage. And we live at a time, my friends, where war is here. And right now it is not a shooting war, thank God. But it may very well become a shooting war. And my heart, you know, I have a much more tender heart than I like to admit. But there's no way I can use my talents fully in the work that needs to be done by uh, by giving in uh, to tenderheartedness. Uh, a friend of mine said, well, didn't the Savior have a tender heart? And I said, all right, fine. Uh, but there's something else that goes along with it. You know, when you're cracking a whip, you know, everybody talks about this emasculated Jesus, you know, and we should all be nice. And I agree, we should all be nice. But there's a time when you look at a hypocrite and you call him a hypocrite. There's a time you look at a leader who's not leading and you call him a viper. There's a time when you look at people who know better, who oppress the poor, and who, who rally in wickedness and who engage in deception. Uh, it's not tender-heartedness that rules the day in those exchanges. Oh, it's true. I admire when the Savior says to those who crucify him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But uh, it is not our calling to go like lambs to the slaughter. In 2015, it is our time to stand up for freedom, stand up for the cause of this great land. There is a work to do. There is a revolution to finish. And this revolution requires those who are willing to, with their minds on, and their morality engaged to stand up for freedom. And uh, that's not easy, my friends. But it's possible. And there are great blessings. And the only path to happiness and prosperity and peace is through those doors. That's why there are a few there be that find it. Um, you know, we talked last night about the seven flax and cords. And I really hit religion pretty hard. I want to talk about all seven for just a minute. Let me just see how much time we got left here on Free Capitalist Radio. We've got about 12 minutes left. Um, I want to talk about those seven and I want to use the calendar as a framework and I want to just invite you to take an inventory of your own life in terms of the bondage that you're living in. And uh, I, I want to talk about the rat race. And the rat race is the is the day-to-day -day grind that consumers live in. The rat race is the consumer condition. The rat race is living somebody else's life, living by rules that aren't principles, doing things that you feel like you have to do or you're supposed to do, but you don't really believe it because deep down you know something's wrong. The rat race is when you want something that's bigger and grander, but somehow you've been trained, taught, and educated to shrink and hide, and that somehow humility means not being passionate and not building and not creating. And the rat race is the lie. It's the deception. It's Truman in the Truman Show, right? It's Neo in the Matrix. It's this idea that somehow you have to live within limits and that you can fulfill what you're here on the earth to fulfill without buying into a deeper moving cause. And, and it's a lie. The rat race is a lie. And so the reason the truth can set you free is because the truth invites you out of the rat race. And to get out of the rat race, there are seven cords that tie you down. to. The, I mean, there's millions, right? But, but there are seven categories of cords that tie you down into the rat race. And so I want you to take an inventory and see how much of a slave you are in these seven areas. I'm going to use the week as a model. I'm going to start with Sunday. I said last night in the broadcast that religion is the first area where most people are in bondage. And, and that's true even for those of you who don't go to church. It's true for those of you who don't even know what religion you are. It's true even for those of you who think you're atheists. Because religion, by religion I mean the ideas that motivate you, the moving cause within you, the, the your understanding, your worldview, your framework. And, and the enemy of true religion, of, 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 of truth, is mysticism. 
This idea that there isn't a reason for things. It's the pre-enlightenment mentality that, that says, yeah, the people in power are right. It's Thrasymachus's view in Plato's Republic that justice is the interest of the stronger. It's Donald Trump's view that, you know, you just go in there and you win the day by telling people what to do. By the way, that's not an insult to Donald Trump um, directly. I actually like a lot of the things Donald Trump says. Uh, but, but his political philosophy is... Um, sorely in need of development. <laughs> and that's not a unique argument um, for any of those people. Um, and, and among all of them, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Donald's rattling some cages. But, but there's this idea out there that somehow might makes right and that force is good. And then the civilized among us and the democratic socialists like Bernie, uh, they lie to you and, and say, well, you know, if the majority of the people want it, it's good. There's a stupid video going around Facebook that I see a lot of you clicking like on. Um, that talks about how bad and corrupt our system is because it talks about how the correlation between the political influence that the average person has and the political influence that the rich have. And it shows this graph, and maybe maybe I'll put a commentary on it on Free Capitalist Radio. It shows this graph, and it says, you know, if 100% of the people want a law to pass, you know, and it graphs on one side, you know, the likelihood of that law passing versus the number or percentage of the people that should pass it. And it says, you know, if 100% of the people want to pass a law, it still only is about 13% likely or whatever that it would pass. But even if only 10% of the people want a law, you know, there's about a 13% likelihood that it will pass. And so it's got this flat line. It says the average person, you know, doesn't have a very good chance of getting laws passed. And then it says, but look at the rich. If the rich want a law and, you know, their their line goes up and the more rich people want it, the more the law passes. And it says, see, 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 we have got a bad problem. Well, we do have a problem. And the first problem is the brain off numbskulls who make graphs like that, who think they're standing up for freedom, who are really sowing the seeds of our destruction, and the people whose brains are off who like that and go, yeah, yeah, boy, that looks wrong. Because here's the fundamental, immoral, wicked principle behind that. And that's the idea that the standard of what is right is majority rule. The standard that, well, if all of us want it, we should be able to get it. Okay? Well, you know, think about that for a minute. If we were in a room full of 100 people and 99 of those people wanted a law that says you all get my bank account and you get to divide my checking account amongst all of yourselves. And you say, well, that's absurd because we don't want it. No, but it illustrates the point that just because 99 people would vote for something doesn't mean it should be a law. Because the socialists want this idea of majority rule as long as they're the ones in the power who get to interpret the majority and tell you what a majority is and tell you who gets to vote and who doesn't get to vote, etc., etc., etc. And so it's, it's this graph which plays on your sentiments is really a brain-off way of making this argument that, you know, we should just be able to do what we want. And the government's supposed to represent us, man. And if we all want something, the government should give it to us. And I'm not telling, corporatism's horrible. And, and the manipulation of corporate interests in our government and the unholy alliance between paid and bought-for politicians is evil. But what's worse is the bad mentality, the bad ideas. Because this revolution for liberty is only going to succeed if we can organize a group of people who have good ideas. Okay, Good sentiment won't cut it. Good party membership won't cut it. Good cultural ties won't cut it. Good church relationships won't cut it. Good school relationships won't cut it. If you're thinking bad, if you're thinking poorly, you are rats in the rat race. And my friends, that graph and that video is mouse food. It's cheese, and you're eating it up, and you're going to get smacked on the head. Unless you wake up and turn your brain on. Might does not make right. Majority rule is not the answer. Principled government. This republic was built on the idea that no matter how many people voted for something, some things are still wrong. Think about that. 
Now, going back to the seven flats and chords, I said to Kimball, I was disappointed in my broadcast yesterday because I wanted to get through all seven and I wanted to be more detailed. I got six minutes. Let's see if I can dedicate about a minute to each of these. The problem with religion, the problem is the first day of the week. It's your day of reflection. It's where you look. Do you have a worldview that's based on principle? Do you know how to articulate your principles? And for most of the answer is no. And, and some of you like the 13 principles of prosperity. I highly recommend them to you because that's where you start. That's your bellwether. That's your barometer. The those are 13 basic rules that apply to all areas of your life. And if you really dig through them, they're not just about making money. They're not about prosperity in the sense of big bank accounts, though they do include temporal prosperity. They talk about thriving as human beings. And so whatever church you go to, whatever religious doctrine you subscribe to, the enemy of principle is mysticism. The idea that, you know, there is no such thing as what's right. It's just, you know, what we all get together and kind of kind of think is good. Okay, so so where are you at with religion? Are you are you selling your kids Santa Claus and Easter Bunny and then telling them to pray to Jesus? Okay, is that what you're doing? You wonder why kids, you know, when they turn into teenagers and young adults, they have crises of faith because you've trained them, taught them, and educated and prepared them for these socialists, and you expect them to tell the difference between the guy who you prayed to, who helped you find your pen that you lost behind the couch, and and the tooth fairy who brought them free money under their pillow. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I believe in miracles. I believe in divine intervention, but I believe it's because there are truths that govern this universe and that it's by obeying those truths that we receive all the blessings we receive, whether they look like miracles to us or not. Or to paraphrase the scripture, there's a law irrevocably decreed in the heavens before the foundation of this world. And that uh, we want those blessings that we seek. We've got to obey those laws upon which those blessings are predicated. That's Rick 1, just a little paraphrase. Like Nephi quoting Isaiah. Just make it yeah, principle one. God is the author of prosperity. Okay, number two in education. The problem with education is paternalism. Right now, you don't own your education. Most Here's the inventory question. Are you embarked right now on a disciplined course of education? Are you reading every day? Are you writing every day? Are you speaking every day? If you're not doing those three things, reading, writing, and speaking, you're not involved in a principal course of education. Number two, are your children reading, writing, and speaking every day? That's the first test. Now, the second test is, what are you reading? reading, writing, and speaking about? Is it principled? Is it part of a curriculum that's oriented towards a liberal arts education? Number three, who's in charge of administrating what you're reading, writing, and speaking about? Okay, Those three things for you and your children explain why you're in bondage to education. Because if you fail any one of those tests for yourselves or your children, which by default includes uh, most people's approach to education, um, you're in bondage, you're in the rat race, and you can't get out. Um, number two, or number three, government. You know, most of us don't even really know what government is. Most of us think of the legislature, sometimes we think of the presidents and the governors, but there's a bigger problem. The bigger problem is advocacy. The role of citizenship in government includes advocacy. And the test there is, do you advocate? Do you have an advocacy strategy personally? Do you know how to stand up and make a meaningful contribution to the health of your governments. Starting with your family government, and then your neighborhood and community governments, and then your state, your county, your state, and your national governments. Do you have a personal understanding, view, and strategy of how you personally are playing a role in that system, deliberately, intellectually, on purpose? Number two, can you resist 
tyranny to any degree? Do you know how to personally resist tyranny by the government, starting in your family? Do you know how to identify tyranny in your home and how to resist it? Number two, do you know how to resist tyranny in your broader family group and what to do in principle about it? Do you know how to recognize it? Do you know what to do about it? Number three, do you know how to identify and resist tyranny in your neighborhood, in your local community? Do you know how to identify and resist tyranny in your county and in your state and in your federal government? If you don't, you're in the rat race and you can't get out. You're spinning and spinning and spinning, feeling good, glad that some invisible hand gives you some water and some little pellets every day. <laughs> and health, health. We well, have too much time to go into health, but uh, I want to tell you something. And this is this is going to sound a little interesting. I want you to know I don't make any money selling anything in the health world right now. That's a dumb thing, by the way. But not yet, it, not yet, right? Kibble's going to make me a witch doctor. But um, I want to tell you something. Some of you know I've had some health challenges over the year. Uh, several years ago, some of you know I was in ICU and uh, almost lost my life. Uh, some of you know how tragic that would have been and how hard that was for Jewel when she had just had a baby who was also in the NICU. And, uh, you know, I battled with an autoimmune condition. Some of you heard me talk about that. I want you to know from that day to this, I haven't had any recurrence of that battle with that autoimmune condition, and it's no accident. Number two, some of you know I've had some, some other physical ailments, and I've been on a lot of prescription drug and prescription medication. I want you to know, and a shout-out to my friend Nephi Boss, just who planted a seed in my head. Um, uh, I have been off of all prescription medication now for, I think, two years, or maybe two years and two months. And uh, one of the biggest problems with medical freedom and freedom in health is we get addicted to prescription medication. Um, there's a study that came out today that shows that the uh, majority of Americans are on at least one prescription. A majority of adult Americans are on at least one prescription drug regularly. And the number of those who are on five prescription drugs or more has doubled in the last 10 years. And so um, you're in bondage in your health. If you're turning first and foremost to outside influences for your health and well-being, um, I love doctors. I'm grateful for doctors. I, I love that prescription medicine exists. I'm grateful for the uh, medical advances in technology, etc. But, but like in the other areas, if we don't understand our stewardship in the world of health, um, we're in bondage. And you're in the health rat race if you don't understand your role in both medicine and wellness in your home. Uh, that one's a little harder. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the near future. Um, prosperity. If you don't understand money and the five pillars of prosperity, if you don't understand human life value and the relationship to the uh, property value, if you don't understand the purpose of entrepreneurialism and you don't have a home economic plan, you're in the rat race, no matter how much money you're making. And no new job, no new paycheck is going to help you. So if you want to change that and you want to get out of the rat race, you've got to break through your ignorance and you've got to break through the deception you have about money, uh, property value, and human life value. And then uh, art and recreation, I'm just going to summarize those two together today. I'm going to say, if you don't understand the role that community plays in art and culture and recreation, and if you're not purposely involved in supporting community art, culture, and recreation, you're in the rat race. Now, why do I say all that? What's the purpose of all that? Am I out of time? God darn it. Uh, the reason I say all that is one of the things we want to do besides broadcast every day is we want to invite those of you who are serious and want to get out of the rat race to come join with us. Um, we, as I mentioned last night, 
have reinitiated the Prosperity Quest Mentoring. Some of you have already enrolled in Prosperity Quest Mentoring in years past. are going to be eligible to just pick that up where you left off with minor modification. And some of you who don't know what I'm talking about should inquire. If you want to get out of the rat race, if you want to get out of the rat race this year, and if you want to be free in those seven areas so that you can be a free citizen, that doesn't mean life's going to be perfect. That doesn't mean crises don't come. Crises don't come. It doesn't mean that life's not difficult, but it means you know where to fight. You can see clearly your sword and your shield are in your hands, and you can find, pursue, and achieve happiness by principle, and you're not playing the game of the racket. Now, last thing I'm going to say. I was watching a broadcast today between Alex Jones and uh, Michael Savage. Interesting uh, video. I have to tell you, I respect these men. Uh, even though I disagree with a lot of uh, the things I hear coming out of their mouths. And uh, they're talking about how bad things are. And uh, Matt Drudge was on Alex Jones not long ago talking about how within about a year or so, a, a United States Supreme Court judge told Matt Drudge that um, the Internet basically is dead, that they're going to kill independent media within a year. Um, and, you know, this is, I mean, out of Matt Drudge's mouth, talking about a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation he's had with a Supreme Court judge. That we don't have a lot of time to get the message of freedom out, he says. And uh, then today, uh, Michael Savage was talking about government zero and he was talking to Alex Jones about this idea that the government's becoming less and less responsive to the people. And Michael Savage says, I'm too old to lead a movement uh, to save us. Because Alex Jones, who's, who's really big, he's got a huge following in the liberty space. Um, Alex Jones was saying, Michael, you know, kind of you're the elder statesman here on the radio. What do we do? What do we do? And he says, Alex, he says, I'm too old. I can't lead the movement. But what we need is if I was 40, I could lead this movement. And I, I started going, well... Bozos, you, you haven't tuned into Free Capitalist Radio. Um, anyway, and uh, they, but then it was horrible, and he says, here's what we need to do. We need to get a leader who will do the following things. we got to build a wall. we got to deport the people who are illegals in prison. We have to implement this law and implement this law and implement this law and implement this law. And, and then Alex Jones was saying, you know, hey, we did good. we got like 40 Tea Party people elected to the Congress, and the problem is the Republicans are a bunch of numbskulls, and so we need to get 40 more elected because pretty soon we'll have big enough numbers that we can win. We can win. And I wanted to say, if, if I could, if, any, if, if I could sit down with them. I would invite them right here to Liberty Reef to sit in those two chairs. And I would say, brethren, thank you for all the work you do. Could I please share something with you? And I would reach into their mind and I would play them the musical scales of freedom a little bit more poignantly than they have seen before. And I would show them that the solution is not in electing a leader to pass laws. That will come. We must have that happen. But the path from here to there is to build this movement and to build a movement of people who are getting out of the rat race and then who are networking and building power from a principled foundation. And we can do that in a few short years. My friends, if you would wake up and turn your brain on and join with me, we can spread this virally and quickly. And that's my challenge for you tonight. Get someone to listen to Free Capitalist Radio tomorrow. Get someone to come and join with you tomorrow. Meet me back here, same time, same place, at 10 p.m. Because this movement is not about Rick. This movement is not about... Um, any individual, this movement is about each of us. It's about you and your home and your livelihood and your passion, your dreams. And I want to be in it with you. And right now I'm speaking to you. I'm sending my voice out. 
uh, over 88.1 and over Periscope and over Facebook and over FreeCapitalist.com and over Uber Conference because we can rally people and we can help people get out of the rat race and we can help them commit to a path of a much different life. And by doing that, we can go down a path and I can show you step by step by step the blueprint and it would take just a few short years and we would radically change the destination of this country and the cause of liberty. I believe it. It is it is is important um, that we don't give up, that we don't get discouraged. But we've got to have our brain on, and we need to do some exercise mentally and intellectually. We're not safe, my friends, from some intellectual jostling because we've got to refine our ideas in accordance with truth. And that's the cause of the free capitals. That's the cause of freedom. That's the cause of liberty. So your assignment. Everybody says, "What do we do? What do we do?" Don't ever say, "I didn't tell you." Step one: go get your friends, and tell them about Free Cabbage Radio. Come join with us. And if you want to do even more than that, look for the announcement for the show tomorrow and start that conversation. Join with us. You've got some ideas. You've got some thoughts. Lend your strength to the solution, not to the things that you wish to be free from. This is Rick Kerber. I'm the Free Cabbage. Warm regards from Liberty.